Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, presented by Conserve the Wild, your destination for an unfiltered look at conservation. Now let's get wild. Welcome back to another episode of the Conservation Unfiltered podcast. This is episode number 38, a BS session with Kyle Campbell. Before I get into the details about today's episode, I want to thank everyone for joining me today. I apologize for not having an episode released last week, but I was feeling a little under the weather and honestly, I sounded like a Muppet. But today, I have a good conversation with Kyle. Kyle and I have been interacting uh, via Twitter for a couple years now, and he really seems to know his stuff. Uh, Kyle is an outdoor photographer and videographer for Wired Outdoors, and today we're going to discuss some things for filming hunts, gear that you may need, and really most of our conversation really revolves around what differences he has noticed most when he made the move, pretty spur of the moment, from Missouri, a known good to great hunting state, to Pennsylvania, which we have some struggles when it when it comes to hunting. Strong tradition, not necessarily a state a lot of people think of as a destination for hunting. So let's check in with Kyle and really dive into some of these topics. I have to ask first and foremost, uh, how you got into being a photographer and videographer for Wired Outdoors? Um, well, basically, uh, I don't know if you know John Collins for, and he's the predator hunter and does the tooth and claw TV. Uh, he and I, I became a good friend of his through social media, through Twitter and Facebook and him and I chatted back and forth. And, uh, I had always just, um, did some photography and videography with a friend of mine and we bought a video camera and we kind of started a little YouTube channel, but we would only put like one or two videos out a year. And John knew, then I picked up a DSLR and John knew that, you know, I like taking pictures and stuff like that. And then, uh, Jason actually posted a job opening for wired outdoors saying he was looking for a photographer, videographer. And John knew it. Like I said, John knew I like to do it for fun and just did it on my own. And, Hey, Jason put the whole long post on Facebook and I was actually sitting in the deer stand one day, one morning early and John sent me the screenshot and said, Hey, uh, got a uh, perfect opportunity for you. And I think I replied, yeah, right. Or whatever, something, you know, cause I mean, there's a dream, kind of like a dream job. Right. So, uh, and I sent that screenshot to my then fiance. It was like, Hey, look, she's like, Oh my gosh, it's your dream job. Like, you know, you should do it. And I'm like, there's no, there, there's no way like that's going to happen. There's so many people wants to do this, you know? And, uh, and I was, I said, you know, if I do happen to get it, we got to move to Pennsylvania. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so we're, we're going to get into I mean, that aspect a little bit later, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what, I, I don't want to interrupt you too much here, but what, what about doing videography work for sort of a hunting outlet like 
what makes that a dream job for you? Um, I, I've always liked to show a story and even when I was, I don't, I don't even know. I was probably in high school and my mom had this little handy cam thing and I just wanted to, I just wanted to share hunting and I, I don't know. It's, I don't want to say it's something like, Oh, I want to like, not like show it's bad or something like that. Like it wasn't anything like that. It was just like, I have, I'm having so much fun doing this. I want to show people and obviously doing it myself as a 15, 16 year old kid. It was just, it was terrible. So, I mean, I would just get like a doe out in the field or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, this is so cool. And then I'd show it to people and they're like, this is boring. <laughs> but to me it was, it was awesome. Uh, so you moved, so you got the job, right? And you moved from Missouri to Pennsylvania. What is, so this is your day job. So what does your day job consist of? Um, we do work for, uh, let's see. I mean, we're putting out videos on like food plot videos on how to, you know, how how to videos on food plots and so we're doing like that stuff and editing videos i mean we put out 87 videos last year i think so i mean john is just kills a coyote every day it seems like <laughs> so i mean we're constantly working on those videos and uh we do photography work you know we'll go out and shoot our bows and do a little photo shoot and i mean that's a evening work you know we'll be out there for an hour or two shooting our bows and then uh and just stuff like that like right now we're working on some food plot stuff and getting ready for spring plotting and frost seeding and all that stuff so you mentioned that you were just sitting in your deer stand and you got this screenshot from john right and then you know you had done some of your own video and some of your own stuff so there's no uh like official training or schooling or anything like that that went into anything before you got this job um no not not official uh i didn't know i had to be taught how to shoot for the show like which shots to get what shots they like to you know show like every show is different some shows like to um show the whole waking up in the morning and you know, it's a 30 minute show and like we're all online. So ours, you know, eight to 10 minutes is perfect for online shows and we don't have to do a 30 minute show for TV. So I had to be taught on like what shots to get and how to tell the story in, you know, 10 minutes. And so I had to be taught on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess there was no official training no, but they had to, Jason just showed me, you know, I, I, he, I went through, I don't know, when I first started, I went through the first four or five seasons just to see what I needed to get. And they have a little shot card and stuff. So I, I feel like a lot of people feel like this would be a dream job for them, right? Everyone that is a hunter or does anything in the outdoors, doing a job that's a part of whatever outdoor activity it is that you do. That's what everyone's dream is, right? Like I'm a teacher. I want to get into the conservation space. Like that's, that's my dream. But 
as I've started to peel back the layers of the onion of the conservation space and, and running a nonprofit, there's a lot of non-outside work that has to be done behind the scenes that no one else sees. There's probably a lot of that with you as well, right? Oh, yeah. I'm guessing you uh, see the guys all on Twitter that are like, oh, you're just a button pusher. And, you know, they give me crap all the time about that. Um, it it does it does kind of stink like i don't get to be the shooter all the time so i mean those guys give me crap all the time oh you don't ever kill anything well yeah because i'm sitting in a tree stand on the other side of the camera and you know i mean and it is a lot of like a lot of people say like oh i can do that i can go video hunts but once you you take out all that equipment every single day for three months straight during deer season people get tired of it you know past the first i mean you make some guys that do it you know a month and then they get tired of it like ah, i'm not going to carry all this stuff with me and then end up shooting a big buck and then they're like oh man i wish i would have had my camera so i mean there's that there's the grind of getting up early every morning and hauling all that stuff out there setting everything up and then taking it all back down and then uh, editing i mean there's not a whole lot into the editing that we do i mean it's pretty cut and dry you know, just start to beginning, you just cut the end of the clip or beginning clip or whatever. But, but yeah, I would say the most of the work would be the grind of just going every day and being behind the camera and hours, how many hours we've sat in a tree and seen nothing or in a blind and seen nothing. Yeah. Uh, count me as one of those guys that, that tried it and then decided, I don't feel like taking it out this morning and then shot a buck and thought, I really wish I would have brought that camera <laughs> with me this time. Um, it definitely is a grind to, because you know, everything takes a little bit longer to set everything up and um, you're carrying more weight and it, it definitely gets to, to be a little, do I really want to do this or, or do I not? Yeah. And, I'm going to be the first one, uh, PA Flintlock, uh, it goes until what, like January 20th, um, down in Missouri. I mean, I'm, they, we have, we had a, uh, muzzleloader season there and at the end of December, but it was like right around Christmas, but I mean, all hunting's done by, I think January 15th, but nobody, hardly anybody bow hunts. And I mean, we're doing a show too. So it's like, january 20th or 19th rolling around and jason's calling me like hey we're gonna go hunt this plot today i'm like oh my goodness come on let it end already <laughs> but, okay but yeah i mean yeah let's um let, let's get into that for a second uh, i said we'd come back to it let's come back to it you moved from missouri a from what i've seen with my uh brother and sister-in-law a pretty big buck state to Pennsylvania, definitely not known for quality whitetails. How has that changed your mindset of hunting, or what? What, what are your thoughts on the differences between those two states? Well, I will say that I definitely saw a lot, many more deer killed in Missouri, like bigger deer. Um, I honestly didn't know anything about Pennsylvania when we moved. Um, so I won't say like, I got that, like, are you going to move to Pennsylvania? Like, Oh no, I don't want to move there. The deer hunting sucks. Like when I was in Missouri, 
we shared 80 something acres between like nine people. So our hunting kind of sucked anyways. Um, our neighbors always killed our big deer. There was always one big deer on our property that I was kind of after. And I felt like I was probably the most serious hunter. I, I mean, of course, any guy's going to say that, like I'm more serious than you, but, um, I feel like I wanted to shoot the bigger deer all the year, but, um, it was just a challenge. And I will say like, I saw a lot, like, I think I've been here, I've been here for two years now. I haven't seen 140 inch deer killed and we were in a big buck pot in Missouri every year. And I think usually about a 160, 155 one it every year, pretty easily on the first, second day. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm a lifelong Pennsylvania guy. We have a family cabin and about 70 acres that four or five people hunt on throughout the year. And we, we do, you know, throw everyone throws five bucks in for, for biggest buck in rifle season. And I think the, the biggest buck that has been shot up up there, my little cousin shot it a couple years ago, and it was 112 inches, I think it was. Um, it, it's just anytime you see what you know, we're thinking this is a huge buck, and it's like, well, yeah, but not not really in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and I tell you, it's been different. Um, it's not, I'm not like, I'm sure you maybe see on Twitter too, of like where I'm like laughing at these guys, like, oh, this is Pennsylvania. These guys think there's this huge. And I guess it's not, I'm not really making fun of you, but it's just different to me. Like people's, like I, people send me trail cam pictures from around here. Like, oh man, look at this dude. And I'm like, yeah, what about him? <laughs> it's just, it's just different to me. And it's, that's been the most eye opening thing, I think. And, you guys have a lot more hunters here. I thought we had a lot in Missouri and, and it's just, it's tough out there for a deer, I would say. Yeah. I think uh, routinely the only state that has more hunters than Pennsylvania just about every year uh, is Michigan. We sort of seem to go back and forth. It definitely has a, a really deep tradition of hunting in Pennsylvania, which makes it tough to have deer that make it to those, you know, higher numbers. Uh, whenever you're, you know, if you're trying to go for antler score. So I, I guess that's the big thing that we try to try to sort of preach is that, you know, you, you want to try to shoot the, the deer that are good for your area. You know, th- there's no way that we're ever going to be able to shoot a buck around here that is pretty routinely shot in a place like Iowa. Um, you know, it's just the, a different type of soil, different type of habitat. Uh, different way of hunting it's just it just makes it awful tough yeah and i want to touch that you said tradition too um i have noticed that around here too um with all the rule changes that have been happening uh the saturday hunting starting on saturday we started on saturday and i, I don't want to say we didn't have tradition in missouri like we had an awesome tradition there and i feel like it's been going on but uh i've noticed around here with the rifle season starting on a Saturday, everybody was angry and so mad that their tradition is changing. And that just blew my mind. I'm like, you guys are getting an extra day of hunting. What's so bad about it? And they're like, Oh, well we go to camp on Friday and party all weekend. And it's like, okay, we'll just change your tradition. Oh no, we don't want to do that. And it's like, it just, that's kind of, that was, that was kind of eye opening. that tradition is so big around here that, nobody wanted to change the way they did things. Yeah. Yeah. That you can count me as one of those people that wasn't happy uh, about that. Cause we, we have our cabin and, and we get a weekend of, you know, we get a weekend of a bunch of, of the guys in the family coming up only 
a, a handful of the guys that come up actually stick around to hunt on Monday. A bunch of guys go home, but it was a nice weekend, you know, that everyone knew we were all going to get together. So that tradition did change, but we weren't, you know, and listen, as things change, you got to adapt and change too. So we did, but um, it's definitely not, not the way that we would have uh, decided to make a change, but it is what it is. And, and you do what you can. Yeah, and I just I totally respect the you know the traditions too. I I get it. It's just like I said, that was the most eye opening thing. And like our tradition in Missouri was, uh, we usually got up to camp. My cousin, he's from Florida. He's the one who owns the land. Well, it's partially owned by him and my uncle. But um, he's he came in from Florida. He usually comes up for Wednesday night, and then uh, I would go up Wednesday night to camp and we got a nice cabin. And then Thursday we would have what you call the Thursday night massacre where we just go get, we'd go have a lot of fun. <laughs> and then Friday, you know, we recoup and kind of go have some more fun. And then there are so many other camps. Like we had guys from St. Louis that would come up and camp and we'd go see them. And then, uh, guys from Jeff city, we'd go see them. We call them the St. Louis guys. And then the Jeff city bunch. And then, you know, we just go camp to camp on Friday and just kind of visit everybody. And then, you know, kind of, I would, I'd like to say we went to bed early Friday night, but we had a lot of late nights on Friday night too. And then, you know, Saturday would be opening day. And that was kind of our tradition. And we also have Sunday hunting there too. So that, that's another eye opening discussion we can get into if you want. <laughs> So yeah, so we we have three days now uh, in the 2020-2021 season now that we'll get, um, but three Sundays. But that's been a, a very long fight. I've been hunting for 22 years now, and as far as I can remember, pretty much in every single one of those years, there's been people calling for Sunday hunting, and we're just now getting a little tidbit of that. Um, what is it, what's it like in the middle of hunting season for you to wake up on a Sunday morning in Pennsylvania? It's honestly for me, for guys like me, it's a day off. <laughs> so my wife and I, she loves Sundays cause she gets to hang out with me and you know, we usually just turn on the smoker and smoke meat and well, she hates it cause I watch football all day, but, uh, it turns out to be, you know, a day off for me and. So I personally like don't mind not having Sunday hunting, but guys like, you know, that I don't know if you have a nine to five job on Monday, Monday through Friday or whatever, but I, I don't like it for her. Cause yeah. Cause she, she only gets one day. She gets Saturday to hunt and then she's got to go back to work on Monday. Yep. So to, to, to me, that's not fair. Um, but I also see a lot of guys that aren't, or I wouldn't say a lot of a lot of people, but I've seen some people that aren't for Sunday hunting. So, uh, can I ask you, are you okay with Sunday hunting? Or yeah, as a, as a teacher that works uh, every day, Monday through Friday, absolutely, that gives me another day to hunt. Uh, my wife, not so much, because that's another that that's a day that we might not spend together because I might be in the woods. Um, I, I try to sugarcoat it and say that, you know, if I'm looking at the weather and it looks, you know, and all the factors of hunting in place, and it looks like that, uh, Sunday is going to be a better day to hunt than Saturday. I'll wait to go to camp until Saturday night. You know, I can spend Saturday with her or something like that. I, but we both know deep down that that just means I'm going to hunt two days that weekend and, instead of just <laughs> one. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, 
I think we need to do everything we can <clears throat> to get more people, more opportunities to go outside and hunt, um, which was the idea of the Saturday opener for rifle season. Um, so, which is why, you know, I feel like it's, it's tough for me because I want Sunday hunting selfishly so I can hunt on Sundays, but also so we can get more people in the woods. But then to say that I didn't want the Saturday opener, that seems like I'm being a little hypocritical because that's the that was the goal of that was to try to get, especially college kids, uh, a time to, to get out in the woods. So um, as long as it's a actual attempt to try to help people get in the woods, I'm all for it, even if it doesn't necessarily benefit me per se. Yeah, and <clears throat> that's completely understandable. And like you said, the college kids, and I know Jason, he's got two kids, and he tried to, you know, early in the year when the sun goes down at 7 or whatever, he'd get his son or his daughter out, but then, you know, gets later in the year and starts getting dark at 5 o'clock or whatever. They couldn't, you know, they only get that one day. So it's, like I said, it's kind of just unfair yeah. So speaking of later in the year, you mentioned earlier uh, the late season flintlock that Pennsylvania has. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on your first experiences of that? Well, uh, it was it, I haven't actually ever shot one. Um, we I was going out. I was going to go out with a bow that day, and but I found out I didn't have a like a doe tag or whatever for that unit that I wanted to hunt in. And so the guy was like, well, you're one of my friends was like, well, your uh, doe tag or your buck tag or any buck tag or whatever is. Um, Cause I was just going to shoot a doe if one came along and he's like, your buck tag now is in any deer tag. If you use a flintlock, I'm like, well, I never shot one. He's like, well, let's just go and we'll wing it. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> okay, but, but I did. J Jason actually took his muzzleloader out and um rifle season the opening day of the doe season because i because like pennsylvania splits or whatever and the first right. saturdays i know you i know you know that but people listening yep. might not but um the first saturday is the beginning of doe season and jason actually took his flintlock out that day and i filmed him shooting one and that was the first time i've ever seen one go off and the first time i've ever seen a deer shot with one and that was a pretty we made a video of it and did really well it's got 17,000 views so it's people seem to like it and it's pretty cool I yeah, like that, it a lot that's one of those traditions at our cabin that uh has waned a little bit in the last couple of years just because of some uh I guess family obligations and things happening but uh that's something that that we always hosted a big flintlock late season at our uh at our cabin and on our property and some game lands nearby we you know we would have at times 20 or 25 people going off in all kinds of different directions and uh it, the the reason why i enjoy it is more than anything the stories whenever everyone comes back to camp uh for dinner because mm -hmm. you always hear the stories of I would have had it, but the gun didn't go off or uh, the pan didn't go <laughs> up or, you know, all, there's always all these excuses of why someone missed a deer or anything like that. Just there, it adds a added challenge to to hunting that um, makes it makes it really, really fun. 
Yeah, and Jason kept going on about, man, I love flintlock hunting. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. I'm going to take it. And I'm like, and John and I will give him crap. Like, why do you want to go out and try to shoot a deer not even knowing if you're going to shoot? Like, the gun's going to go off. <laughs> and luckily it did, I guess. And I haven't been along. Uh, I mean, we took it out all all uh, flintlock season. And I guess to unload it, it's the only way to unload it is to shoot it. So, you know, after every hunt or whatever, we shot it to get it out like and it went off every time so i haven't witnessed it not going off yet but there is a really cool hunt that we have not to plug anything but uh i don't even know where it's, it was before i started working but there's a really cool hunt on our channel that um they stuck up on a on a doe during flintlock season and i think he belly crawled i don't know how many yards but and he shot and he shot and he shot and he shot, and I think like the finally, like the fifth time, and the doe was looking at him the entire time. And I think finally the fifth time the gun went off, <laughs> but it was just a, it was a cool hunt to watch. And I like I said, I haven't not witnessed it go off yet, but yeah, that was pretty. It's that'd be wild, just pull the trigger and nothing happened. Yeah, and as wild and as frustrating as that can be, uh, wait for the first time that you get a hang fire where you pull the trigger and the gun goes off, but you know there's a half second or a second in between that's the those are the ones that really get you um, because they catch you by surprise and you know it, i've a couple of times uh with my flintlock i've had three seconds go by between the pan going up and the gun going off um so be re eventually that happens to everyone that tries to to shoot a flintlock so be ready for that to happen someday to you Goodness gracious, three seconds. I don't know how you can hold still. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do your best. You do your best. Uh, so being the, the photographer, the videographer for Wired Outdoors, if someone – I already went through this process and bought myself a camera and, and all this stuff to, to try to film my own hunts, um, decided it wasn't for me. But if someone else – is thinking, Hey, maybe I want to start doing some filming. Do you have any tips for them or anything that they should, uh, look, any information they should look for or anything like that to help them get started? Um, first thing I would like, I would set a goal, I, I guess you would say not really a goal. Like, what do you want to do with it? Do you want to start a YouTube channel? Um, do you want to eventually like make, make your own videos or because if somebody comes to me and says hey i want to start filming my hunts i'm like awesome what do you want to do with it and then they're like oh i just want to show to my family okay well this is what you need to get you don't need to get too technical with it get like a i mean even just a gopro i mean i wouldn't say a gopro is like going to be great for hunting but if you're just using it for your own gain like just to watch you know you shoot a bow or you're a deer or whatever get a gopro get a bow mount mount it to your bow there you go um if you want to do i would say self-filming is going to be really hard I, it's definitely doable um i would say if you're going to start out get a friend <laughs> that way you guys can you know trade on and off being the camera guy or whatever um and i guess most importantly what i would say for somebody like get a kill shot if you're going to put it on YouTube, I mean, you don't have to, I guess people like the hunting public, they, they do awesome and they don't do kill shots every day. Um, and I like watching their stuff. So I wouldn't say get a kill shot would be important. Um, you can edit that part out if you want. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess I would just say get set a goal. What do you want to do with it? And then figure out from there. Um, a tree arm is obviously your, something you're going to want to get just to be steady. You want you don't want shaky footage. And then, just, yeah, I guess that's about it. That's a okay. tough question, honestly. It, it, I mean, <laughs> it, it, as far as what, what you're filming, I mean, obviously you want to try to get, you know, the deer or whatever animal it is that, that's coming in. But w- would it would it be a good idea to sort of practice and sort of get what people, what I guess in the industry would call sort of like the B roll, like, you know, the leaves blowing or, um, you know, maybe you're buck hunting, but some doe walk in or getting shots of squirrels, things like that. Like, is that something that someone should be doing just to practice? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt. Um, with everything being digital nowadays, too much is never enough. If that makes any sense. Cause you can always, if you're going to edit it and everything, you can always cut that out. So if you're sitting in a stand and you got does out in front of you, just hit the record and let it go. As long as you got battery life and card space or whatever, just, you know, if you want to zoom in on it and play with your settings or, you know, if you want to mess with your focus a little bit or, yeah. And, and if you want to do B-roll and get some wind leaves blowing and you're bored, you know, just a caterpillar is crawling on your arm. You're like, oh, I want to film this. I mean, that doesn't. Anything that you can show passing the time, I guess you could say, between like maybe getting in your stand and stuff and then show like time going by because you don't want it to be like – if you're going to make a video, you don't want it to be like, hey, I'm getting in a stand at 3 o'clock and then the deer's coming like right at dark. The lighting's going to be totally different. You don't want people to like look at – watch it and think, wait a minute, what happened in between here? Is this the same day? What, what's going on? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's good information there. All right, so after you're done with your hunt, you've shot your animal, everyone wants to take pictures, right? I mean, that we want to be able to remember the hunt by pictures. Do you have any tips on ways to make the picture social media ready? Because that's the big thing. Everyone wants to take their picture and throw it up on social media. What are some things people can do to make it appeal to hunters and maybe even possibly non-hunters alike? Um, the first thing I would do would definitely be clean it up, you know, put the tongue in, uh, if it, if it was like a, maybe like a bad, like gut shot or something, it's got a giant hole in the gut, try to clean that up as much as you can. Maybe put the fur over the hole. Uh, I would pack in, I always put like a wipes, like paper towels or something in like a little bag of paper towels in my pack. And that, for that reason, um, I would just say to do that and, I would say that'd probably make the animal look as pretty as you can, not just like a scene off of a horror movie would be the most, the biggest thing I would think. Yeah, that sounds good. That That's something that I've tried to take a little more pride in. Um, you know, I, I look back at the pictures from the early 2000s when I first started hunting and it was, you know, uh, standing next to your deer at the meat pole and, you know, this deer's hanging there and you're got the tongue hanging out and, and blood's everywhere. And that's not something that, you know, someone like my wife would want to see. Uh, so I, now that I have my wife who's a non hunter, you know, I, I'm going to send her a picture uh, of a deer 
you know, of any animal that I kill, I let her know how the hunt went, things like that. So I make sure to try to make the picture as uh, easy for her to digest, um, you know, and a lot of that is, you know, cleaning it up, just making sure the tongue's not hanging out, making sure there's not blood everywhere, things like that. Definitely make it a little bit easier for her. Uh, so now, now's when I want to give you that time. You say, you know, not, not to plug stuff. I want you to plug stuff. I want you to plug, uh, your social media where people can find you at. Um, and I want people to, I want you to plug and, and let people know where they can see your work, uh, with Wired Outdoors. Uh, yeah, I'm at KCamp3 on Twitter. That's mostly the platform I use and, uh, soup IMG. That's IMG, like the end of a photo, like, you know, whatever, 975 IMG. <laughs> That's Soup IMG is my Instagram. Um, Kyle Campbell on Facebook. Uh, we have, we're, Wired Outdoors is all online based. It's, we don't have, we're not on TV like Sportsman's Channel or any outdoor channel or anything like that. It's all online. Uh, Wired Outdoors TV on YouTube. We're also Wired Outdoors TV on Roku. Amazon Prime, Waypoint TV. Uh, I think that's it. <laughs> we get it's so many all the time that I I, it's, I always forget one. And then John's in the background like, hey, don't forget this one. I'm like, oh yeah, that one. <laughs> so it's you, Wired Outdoors TV on YouTube, Roku, Amazon Prime, Waypoint TV, Amazon Fire. That's the one I always forget. Okay, all right, yeah, and that that's something that me as a very in the near future cord cutter uh something that i really enjoy is see, i'm seeing more hunting and outdoor related shows on amazon prime and even netflix with the with the meat eater uh tv show getting on netflix so I, it just makes in my mind it makes it more easily accessible for more people to sort of see what we do and luckily i feel like a lot of this uh content that's on streaming platforms like that is sort of the the better versions of hunting tv um where it's people that are a little more into the animal and conservation and you know the hunting is the benefit of being into those kind of things yeah i mean i agree i mean you can use like the sportsman channel and outdoor channel like there's some good stuff on there but there's also a lot of there's, they have to make, you know, fill a 28 minute time slot or whatever their time slot is. I don't, I don't even know, but they have to fill that and they have to pay to be on it. Like YouTube is free. So why not, why not be on that? And you can make your shows eight, nine minutes long. I, I mean, other than the hunting public, I mean, I'm going to look right now, but I think some of their, most of their videos are, yeah, 40 minutes long, 30 minutes long, 29 minutes long. They're long videos, but they get hundred thousand views almost every video and that's crazy to me and me i'm the kind of a guy like i won't say that i'm busy but i want to watch i want to watch you how you began how you shot it and then i want want to watch the end and that's about it <laughs> yeah i hear you on that one well kyle i want to thank you for coming on and uh talking a little bit about uh your job and and moving to pennsylvania and and all that stuff uh like to talk again in the future yeah, anytime. Um, I enjoyed. Thanks for having me on. I, it was a great talk.
And that is it for today's episode. I want to thank Kyle for joining me. Uh, It was great talking to someone in the industry that's so level-headed. It's also, I, I found it awesome to talk to someone from out of state who now is a part of the hunting tradition in Pennsylvania. You know, a lot of times we really look at what we do in hunting in a vacuum. You know, what we do, the traditions that we have in our state or within our own family or or group of friends. It's great to get a, a fresh perspective to what hunting is actually like in a given area and how it can change from area to area. The biggest thing that I really took from this episode, you know, and, and talking to Kyle is just how insular people who hunt in Pennsylvania are, right? Um, you know, you do what you do and you're always going to, you always want to do it that way. Uh, that's not always the best thing. You know, I'm still personally going to support a traditional Monday opener for rifle season. But the more I talk to people, especially those, you know, that maybe hunt in Pennsylvania, like Kyle, that are from a different state, I understand the concept. I just don't know it's necessarily being executed well. So that's why I'm still going to stand, you know, have my opinion of I want that that Monday opener and having that tradition. Um, But I get it. And, you know, as things change, as, you know, it has to, right? Um, Every year something surrounding hunting in Pennsylvania changes and as those things change you know just roll with the punches and and do what you can do best and um you know for us that's going to be still participating in the in the opening day it's just a different day now you know maybe making some some new traditions I want to leave you with one, one last thing um that is that I want to give you a quick sort some some of the quick and dirty details about wired outdoors it is pennsylvania based it's a great show uh, if you haven't seen it yet you need to check it out uh, it's an outdoor media company uh, they also include uh, tooth and claw tv and living the fishing tv as affiliated shows so you can find these episodes as kyle mentioned on youtube amazon prime and roku uh, you know go check it out they are some good high quality videos some great content, and it'll help you get your hunting fix here towards the end of February, February, where we're all sort of having a little bit of cabin fever. Uh, I know shed hunting season is right around the corner. Uh, In my area, they're not quite fully dropped yet. I like to try to wait until all the bucks have lost their antlers, so it'll be another couple weeks for me before I really start hammering it hard, but if you haven't got a chance to get out and start looking for some sheds and you're sort of pent up and wanting to experience the outdoors, check out Wired Outdoors uh, on YouTube. That's the easiest way. Amazon Prime, right? Most of us are Prime members now. Uh, you know, Check out their content because it is some high-quality, good content. Next week, I'm going to have another guest on the podcast. Uh, Linda Ordway, she is a biologist with the Rough Grouse Society and American Woodcock Society. Um, she has some great information on rough grouse. We're going to talk about rough grouse, and I think people like me are really going to enjoy what she has to say about the current state of the rough grouse in Pennsylvania. 
So join us next week. But until then, stay wild. Mm-hmm.